combination, and the extra point is good. Welcome in to Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060 and as always online at KDOS1060.com. It's the final day of Super Bowl Radio Row and we have a packed show for you and we're just going to get things started here right away. Sam Ponder with ESPN has sat down with us. Sam, it's Bob and Kayla. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Absolutely. Well, Sam, you are a native of Arizona and Phoenix. We were discussing a little bit here that you went to Central High School. So kind of what has it been like um, growing up here in Phoenix, your sports background, and what made you want to get into sports broadcasting? Yeah, so I'm a Phoenix girl through and through. My dad first came out to Arizona from, grew up in Oklahoma and came out here to go to law school at ASU and then just loved it. And my parents, you know, who were from the South and middle of the country were the first ones in their family to come out here and then everybody followed. So that's usually how it goes. Yes. Everyone was like, what is this place? It's amazing. So yeah, I I grew up in the uh, Madison School District and then went to Central High, and I just grew up in a sports family. My dad coached football and basketball, and it was one of those families where there were two girls, two boys, and you played three sports a year, and that was just, nobody ever asked. It was just kind of assumed, this is what we do. That was kind of how we connected with each other and um, you know, learned how to throw a spiral by my older sister playing in the backyard. I mean, that was my favorite thing about growing up in Phoenix is we just, we lived outside. That was, you know, a year round, didn't matter how hot it was, like jump in the pool if you're hot. And uh, it was just a great place to grow up. I still just love this community. Absolutely. So, so this has been a homecoming game for you this week. What's it kind of what's the week been like for you coming home here? Well, so there's there's good and bad that comes with that. I'm so proud. Like I'm just I'm the obnoxious girl that's always bringing up Phoenix to people. But now because I've done that for so long, people know that I'm from here. So I'm constantly getting the texts and emails like, "Where should I eat? Where should I go?" (laughs) So I actually finally put together like a document that now I just send out to all those people. The problem with that is then you send all your friends and their friends there, and then you can't get in to any of these places and the food scene here has just blown up. I mean, growing up on Central, like the only place to eat was that like Applebee's on Central and Camelback. Like things have have changed since then. Um, So, but it's fun. Everybody seems to be loving it. Uh, We're talking here with Sam Ponder. ESPN will have a four-hour postseason NFL countdown on Super Bowl Sunday from 8 a.m. to noon with Sam Ponder hosting from Old Town Scottsdale with Matt Hasselbeck, Randy Moss, Teddy Bruschi, and Rex Ryan. And a second set will be inside State Farm Stadium. Super Bowl Sunday, four-hour pregame show. Uh, Everything gets started here, 8 a.m. local time on ESPN. So take us behind the scenes a little bit of Sunday NFL countdown. What's the prep like for you? What's it like to try to corral a bunch of egos? Yeah, okay. I'm really glad you got straight to the heart of it because that is so much of my job. And uh, I grew up, because my dad was a coach, around men all the time, boys at the time. And so I had a lot of training and dealing with those egos. So that, that helped a lot. Shout out to all the basketball and football players at Central High that kind of prepared me for that. But, yeah, I mean, you're working with Hall of Famers and Rex Ryan and Teddy Bruschi has won three Super Bowls. The great thing about our group is that we really are real-life friends, and we can give each other a hard time and make fun of each other, and it's all love. Like, it's just become a really authentic relationship. So that's been really fun. But, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of herding cats. That's that's a part of the gig. I The way I approach it is always, like, my job is to 
get these guys in the best position to have the best conversations they can. And I chime in every now and then, but people want to hear from Randy Moss. You know, like I, I get that dynamic and it makes it fun for me too. Cause I want to hear from Randy, you know, like that, that's why I got into this in the first place was to be around these guys and stay around the game. Cause it's so a part of who I am and the way I grew up that it just felt really natural. So I'm lucky that I, I don't have to deal with too much ego, but everything is very competitive all the time, as you would imagine. So along those lines, what's the production meeting like for a four hour pregame show? Yeah, so actually we've, we've kind of gotten a, into a system now because this is our sixth year together. Um, so our production meetings certainly aren't as long as they used to be. They used to be very slow and, you know, going through every detail. Now there's just a trust that, all right, this is what we're talking about. For a Super Bowl show where you're on for four hours, it, it's actually, I would say in some ways, our simplest show because you're talking about two teams. Like, you know these teams so well at this point that it's like, all right, th- this segment we're going to talk about what you need to see out of Jalen Hurts, and we don't plan what you're going to say. Like, we just trust the guys to go and kind of see where the conversation leads. The hardest part about my job, and to me the, the most important part, is listening. Like, you can't if you have a list of, like, everything you're going to say – you're going to miss such great opportunity for great conversation. My, my real prep comes during the week, and it's a you know, 24-7 prep kind of job where you're just constantly listening to whether it's podcasts or radio or watching programs. I always want to hear kind of what the common thought is and try to get our guys to maybe dispel some of the, the narratives that are out there or explain um, what's really going on from their perspective. So the prep's kind of a, a full-time thing, but it's fun. That's why you choose something you love to pay attention to. It's funny you say this. I thought I just read a piece about Jamie Erdahl, who just transitioned over to the NFL Network, and she said the same thing. The key to her job is listening yeah. and to be able to hear something and then all of a sudden the conversation turns in a different direction because you were listening to really expound upon that topic. That is, it's so true. And I learned that, I kind of learned it the hard way doing sideline reporting for 15 years. I got to the point where I realized, uh, you know, I was pretty much always going to have two questions with a coach at halftime or post game or pregame. And I used to kind of plan out what those two questions were going to be. And the longer I worked, the real, I realized what I really need to do is just plan my first question, like the thing that's most important that I want to get out of him, and then just listen to his answer and go from there. Like you would in a normal conversation. You're not going into a conversation, especially in the heat of the moment like that, with it all scripted, because then you'll miss an opportunity to get into something more interesting. So yeah, I think it is the most underrated aspect of this job. Like I think great listeners are the people that are the best at it. I, I think of people like Mike Tirico, you know, he's so talented and I got to work with him on the Big Ten for a while doing basketball. But what I learned from him most was he listens to every word you say. And that's why it always feels so conversational because he really is just taking the conversation wherever you go. Um, so there are a lot of people that do that really well. There are a lot of storylines, obviously, with this Super Bowl matchup. What are some of the storylines that stand out to you and maybe some things that we should be looking forward to on uh, Sunday morning's broadcast? 
There's so many in this game, right? I, this game, I mean, it sounds cheesy to say, but it just makes me smile when I think about it. There's so much um, yeah. fun in terms of the matchups. Of course, the Kelsey brothers situation. I think, I mean, I say this so many weeks in the playoffs because I think it's true, but the matchup up front between O-line and D-line, really on both sides, it I think is what determines this game. Um, but I, I honestly think if the Eagles can find a way to slow down Travis Kelsey, they can win this game. The problem is I don't think they can. (laughs) I just, I've seen too much. I do not think anybody has a real answer for that connection between Patrick and Travis. And Travis said this this week. I think it's true. Like the real credit in all of this goes to Andy Reid. Like he is the mastermind behind all of it. And we give so much love to Patrick and Travis and these guys, and they, they deserve it. They're amazing. But without Andy Reid coming up with all these creative ideas and knowing his guys so well, I, I just you don't see this type of performance out of a team, especially this early on with so many young guys. So I, I think this one really comes down to that. She is Sam Ponder. ESPN will have a four-hour postseason NFL countdown on Super Bowl Sunday from 8 a.m. to noon. Sam Ponder hosting from Old Town Scottsdale. Of course, the crew, Matt Hasselback, Randy Moss, Teddy Bruski, and Rex Ryan. A second set will also be inside State Farm Stadium. Once again, that's Super Bowl Sunday, ESPN starting 8 a.m. local time. So you had also mentioned here that it, it kind of is easier to do this, this game because it's just two teams. So now that you have had 18 weeks uh, plus the postseason to be able to get into these teams, what has stood out to you from a Chiefs side of things and what has stood out to you from an Eagles side of things? Yeah, the Chiefs at this point to me is just consistency. I mean, you see so many teams that have like a great – you see the Rams last year, so impressive what they were able to do. But how the Chiefs have been able to maintain it, and it kind of goes to what I was talking about earlier, when you have the steady hand of a guy like – Andy Reid, where it's just he's been there, done that. None of this is intimidating. Um, just a, a calming presence in that way. I, I think it gives this team so much confidence. And the way Patrick plays, he just looks like he's, you know, he's playing in his backyard. Like this guy's just chilling. Nothing ever gets him too rattled. He looks like he's having fun while he's doing it. And I think that's probably one of the biggest challenges of Super Bowl week is the unknown. And it gets scary and it feels big and it, and it's not like that for him. You know, he just, he's so confident in this environment. So I think that is a huge advantage for this team. He's proven a lot of people wrong this year that were so concerned when they lost Tyree Kill that you know, how are you going to replace this guy? Like, well, they're back in the Super Bowl. You know, like it, it has been really, really impressive to see the way they've been able to maintain success um, just so early on in his career. I mean, he's all, in my opinion, even if he quit tomorrow, he's already a Hall of Famer, which is just wild. Last one for me, and appreciate your time. Um, You mentioned a couple of things, the offensive line and defensive line matchups, and I'm totally with you on that. You mentioned, uh, obviously, Mahomes and Kelsey. Is there kind of a not necessarily an X factor, but something else that we, uh, you know, kind of high in your list of who could determine who wins this game on Sunday. I mean, Travis's brother, I, Jason, I, 
and again, <laughs> at that position, you're, you're normally not talking about your center all that much. But I think that's why their O line is so impressive because you got a bunch of vets and guys that are not intimidated that will block for Jalen. I, I knew it was going to be different with Jalen this year when I heard his O line talk about him because there were questions about Jalen coming into this year. Like, is this guy even going to be around? Like, what's the long term answer? And now people were talking about, you know, he's an MVP. Candidate. Like, it is wild to see that adjustment. I think so much of that credit belongs to Jason Kelsey and the leadership he's shown and how much he is deferred to Jalen as a leader. So I think those guys up front, as they go, is the way the Eagles go. Like, if they can continue to have the success they've had this year blocking for Jalen, I think it's going to be a real struggle for the Chiefs defense. So are you willing to throw out a prediction, or do we have to wait till Sunday, 8 a.m. to noon? You know what? Because you guys are the hometown team, I, I will do it here. <laughs> I, I like it. I, You know, as much as I love the Eagles, and they've been so rock solid, I, I have nothing negative to say about them at all. I just think the magic of this Mahomes team and Andy Reid scheming up something late in the game, I think it's going to be too much. I think it's going to be a super close game. I don't necessarily know what the score will be, but I, I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs. We like it. And once again, she is Sam Ponder. ESPN will have a four-hour postseason NFL countdown on Super Bowl Sunday, 8 a.m. to noon. She is hosting from Old Town Scottsdale with Matt Hasselbeck, Randy Moss, Teddy Bruschi, and Rex Ryan. There's also a second set inside State Farm Stadium. Uh, can people kind of come and hang out from Please 8 to noon? do. The more the merrier. We are right off Scottsdale Road and Brown, I believe. We're right in Old Town. You can't miss it once you get down there because they shut down the street and there have been crowds all week for all the ESPN shows so yes come on out it's a little party down there Super Bowl Sunday morning we'd love to have you well th Sam thank you so much for taking some time with Bob and I we really appreciate it it's so nice to meet y'all thanks for having me absolutely once again Sam Ponder ESPN and all of that great uh, content coming to them uh, Sunday Super Bowl Sunday 8 a.m. to noon Corey let's go ahead and wrap it up and then we'll kind of reset the scene for the jam-packed final day on Super Bowl Radio Row on the other side of the break. And don't forget as well, Friday spread by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. It's back the final uh time that we have the chance to do that this football season your play is involved $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits as well once again thanks to Sam Ponder and a whole host of great guests lined up on the other side of this break up until one o'clock today Bob Kemp Kayla Mortelaro right here on KDOS AM 1060 and as always follow us online at KDOS 1060.com KDUS AM 1060 is the home to the Dan Patrick Show, the Doug Gottlieb Show, and Sports Map Radio. Catch all the sports content here on AM 1060. KDUS1060.com. If you missed the news from earlier in the week, KDUS AM 1060 found on your Apple playlist now. Just type in KDUS 1060 uh, and you can download our app. We have some awesome listener rewards up on the app as well. Android users, you are coming soon. Uh, so get involved with our new KDUS AM 1060 app. Bob Camp, Kayla Mortolaro with you up until one o'clock live from Super Bowl Radio Row. And if you were listening there in that first segment, 
segment, we got things started with Sam Ponder of ESPN. So let's take a moment here to set the scene for the rest of the day. And of course, we'll start with our poll questions, the KDOS1060.com poll question. Who wins Super Bowl 57? That's what we're all here for the week about. Uh, that's finally taking place in Glendale on Sunday. The Chiefs are the Eagles. Corey, what are the returns? Leading still is the Eagles, but not by much. Vote now 58%. Chiefs at 42% on KDUS1060.com. It's kind of been fascinating to see the ebbs and the flows of that. However, right. the Eagles have been the consistent uh, leader so far in our poll. That's true. Gotten a little closer, however, during the week here. Yes. On Twitter, at KDUS AM 1060, flipping this from yesterday, which unit has the advantage on Sunday, Chiefs offense or Eagles defense? Corey, what are the returns? Much clearer so far. Chiefs offense commanding lead 70.6% of the vote. Eagles defense 29.4 on KDUS AM 1060 on Twitter. And as I mentioned, let's set the scene here. It's a busy day for us here, but we have plenty to get into. Uh, 10.30 a.m., we're scheduled to be joined by Mike Tannenbaum with ESPN. We'll have a conversation with Craig Carton, who is the FanDuel responsible gaming uh, person for FanDuel. We'll talk to him at 10.15. Scheduled to be joined by Dick Butkus at 11 a.m., a conversation with Lewis Riddick at 11.15. Sam Ocho set to join us at 11.30. A, a psychological conversation with Dr. Michael Gervais, who used to work with the Seattle Seahawks. He was sporting his Super Bowl ring as well. Uh, seen him around. We'll talk to him at 1145. And then in the 12 o'clock hour is where we'll really get heavy into Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. The $100 gift certificate is still up for you. You come with your play for the weekend. We're in already from last week with uh, Kenneth Gainwell. Anytime touchdown. So we're going to add another one. It can be a side it can be a total it can be any prop you'd like five dollars goes on it and we're hoping to be able to have some great uh, money for charity at season's end and season's end is right here on sunday and then of course our guy ian wharton who's been with us all season long from pro football network we'll talk to him at 12 15 before i forget friday spread brought to you by fawn hansen's meats and spirits the weekend specials 45-day dry-age choice tomahawk rib steak at $24.99 a pound. Von Hansen's own Philly cheesesteak brats at $5.99 a pound. And Jumbo Fresh all-natural party-style chicken wings at $4.99 a pound. So last night, Bob, the NFL Honors got underway here at the Phoenix Convention Center and awards were tossed out and probably to no surprise MVP went to Patrick Mahomes it wasn't unanimous though yeah it was like one vote for Allen and one for Hertz is that correct did I get that right I believe so yes yeah. and I was a little surprised about the Allen vote yeah I'm too uh so uh, it depends if you know I'm not sure when they maybe they voted the uh, put the voting early uh, open early, I should say. And uh, maybe somebody voted uh, before. Maybe they should have. <laughs> I'm not sure if there is an imposter here or if really Andy Reid is walking around Radio Row. I mean, there are so many great Andy Reid imposters. And I yeah. know that they did a, a piece on this uh, ahead of the AFC championship game with Maria Taylor walking with all the Andes. Uh, but that would be pretty wild if they have an Andy Reid imposter uh, walking around Super Bowl Radio Row right now. Coach of the year, though, it went to Brian Dable. And uh, this was your pick, certainly, for what he was able to do with a roster that 
really top to bottom uh, wasn't all that strong. True, and uh, it'd be interesting to see what happens with them in the offseason between Daniel Jones and uh, obviously Saquon Barkley's contracts are up and so forth. See what the how that all works out. They both want to stay. I think that they want to keep them both. And, uh, you know, they can financially afford that, I think. Uh, you never know. It's the NFL and the salary cap. But uh, it was I think it was a good pool of candidates, the deepest it's been for a long time, as I mentioned a few times over the last few weeks. But I thought that uh, he was by far the best of the group because of what he had to work with to begin with. And obviously they won a lot of close games, and he made some decisions that had to do with that. Uh, when it comes to comeback player of the year, uh, the one that we weren't quite certain what he was coming back from, coming back from the bench, uh, that went to Geno Smith, and he was awarded that. I mean, I don't want to uh, degrade this because his season was really solid. Uh, his completion percentage was nearly 70%. We saw certain times where things were kind of slipping back to maybe being old Gino, but certainly he's put himself in a conversation to be uh, with the Seahawks for a few more years. Yeah, they they needed to find this a little more. I mean, it's not like you know, Alex Smith was the true comeback player of the year, obviously, when he came back from what he did and so forth. So it's just a kind of a strange award to me, no matter what the sport. Uh, when it comes to Offensive Player of the Year, this was my pick, uh, but we were kind of joking around about how it's like the runner-up to the MVP since the MVP has basically turned into an offensive award, but that went to Justin Jefferson, and uh, you know he could have probably won a lot of different awards for his incredible catch that he had on 4th and 18. <laughs> it's uh, it just really seemingly as well. Uh, if you look at the production that the Vikings had on offense, at times the run game struggled to get going. They made the trade for TJ Hawkinson, and, and that certainly helped out. But the wide receiver production outside of Justin Jefferson, even knowing defenses had to just stop him, he still found ways to get open most games. That's true. Uh, but when a wide receiver wins an award, and I'm not suggesting that Kirk Cousins deserves the uh, Offensive Player of the Year award, but, I mean, somebody has to give him the ball, and they've got to have some pass protection, which they didn't have great pass protection. In fact, Cousins was actually hit more than any quarterback in the league this year. Wow. So the offensive line has some issues. Well, I know Darisaw was out there for a while. Yeah, well, they were you know, they were really battered. You know, they they weren't the greatest offensive line to begin with, and then they had some injuries during the season. Uh, defensive player of the year, probably no surprise here, went to Nick Bosa. Offensive rookie of the year went to Garrett Wilson, and then defensive rookie of the year. So suggesting that the Jets have done something right in the offseason went to Sauce Gardner. Uh, so you know this goes back to all of a sudden the Jets are putting themselves in a position to uh, be contenders in the AFC if they can just kind of figure out that quarterback spot. That's true. We had uh, yeah, obviously a, a great draft in the last year, and uh, maybe they're not the greatest draft in the world. And you had Zach Wilson with the second pick the year before. <laughs> hey, uh, so Corey, Mike Tannenbaum has just sat down here. So why don't we go to break and we will be joined with uh, Mike Tannenbaum here as we come back from break. But I do want to get into assistant coach of the year went to D'Amico Ryans, Walter Payton man of the year. Uh, that went to Dak Prescott. We'll get into uh, who made it into the 2023 Hall of Fame class uh, as well a little bit later on in the program. But let's step aside here, take a break. And when we come back, we'll be joined by ESPN's Mike Tannenbaum. 
He's Bob Kemp. I'm Kayla Mortolaro. It is The Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060 and as always online at KDOS1060.com live from Super Bowl Radio Row here on this Friday, February 10th. Welcome back to Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060 and as always online at KDOS1060.com. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you live from Super Bowl Radio Row. Sitting with us, Mike Tannenbaum from ESPN. Mike, it's Bob and Kayla. How are you doing today? Doing great, guys. How are you? Doing fantastic. So as a former NFL executive and your time with various different organizations, I'm really curious to get your perspective on the Arizona Cardinals. Moving on from GM Steve Kime, head coach Cliff Kingsbury in the offseason, but the contract to keep the Cardinals locked in with quarterback Kyler Murray. So what should the Cardinals be looking for in an organizational philosophy and the next coach to try to really pull out Kyler Murray's uh, expected talents? Yeah, uh, that's, you know, in the marketplace, uh, something that was, uh, I know all the candidates were asked about that. I think it really starts two things. Up front, you need to have a much better offensive line. You know, you can look at the Super Bowl with, What's going on with Philadelphia? They have the best offensive line in football, so putting in much more uh, resources for that. And then secondly, Kyle Murray has to understand the definition of greatness, which is to serve others and make others better. You could look at the other team in the Super Bowl. They lost Tyreek Hill, and the Kansas City Chiefs are still you know, as great as ever because Patrick Mahomes has made others better, and Kyle Murray has to understand that. He has to have a mastery level understanding of the offense, and he has to be there to support his teammates and make them better. And if they fix the offensive line and Kyler Murray continues to evolve and improve his intangibles, they could be a lot better. Mike, you mentioned the Eagles and the Chiefs there. Team building, what's impressed you the most how the Chiefs and the Eagles have built their rosters? I would say when you look at, first of all, Philadelphia, I think they've used every club possible. You know, they drafted... Uh, Jordan Davis. They drafted Jalen Hurts. Then they acquire A.J. Brown via trade. They sign Hassan Reddick. They sign Indominus Sue and Linville Joseph in season. They trade in August for um, Gardner Johnson. And then you look at Kansas City, you know, as we discussed, they moved on from Tyreek Hill and they put a lot of resources. Marquez Valdez Scantling comes over from Green Bay. They draft Sky Moore in the second round. They sign Smith Schuster. Um, so those are things that, um, again, a little bit different approaches, but both teams deserve a ton of credit to get here. He's Mike Tannenbaum with ESPN here on KDOS AM 1060 in the Extra Point. I do want to get your perspective here as well. Have players changed in terms of the negotiating power, in terms of the sorts of desires that has ultimately changed the way that front offices work? Yeah, that's a great question. I think uh, context is everything. Some players, absolutely. Um, they can command it, um, but football is the ultimate team sport so that doesn't apply to everybody and again um to have sustainability you know i think patrick mahomes is really well play, paid but i think he has left some money on the table which is going to let them keep guys like travis kelsey and some of their other core guys and they still have to make hard decisions so uh every situation is a little bit different but there is definitely you know players do have um and some of them a very big say at the table Mahomes' ankle, the hurt shoulder when we last saw them, neither 100%. Does either of those injuries concern you heading into Sunday? Yeah, I mean, uh, 
both teams are a little nicked up. You know, Mahomes has the ankle. I think he'll be okay. Jalen Hurts has the shoulder. I actually covered the game uh, when he got hurt in Chicago. That was a big hit he took. So um, we'll see how it plays out. But I think both quarterbacks are ultimate competitors, and they're going to play their tails off. So what has impressed you with the way that the Eagles are constructed and the way that the Chiefs are constructed? Because they both aren't built the same right now. Yeah, and again, I think they both have taken disparate ways. Um to get to where they are, and they both deserve credit. There's more than one way, you know, to sort of skin the cat. And um, I think the big challenge now is like, will they be able to have sustainability in terms of, you know, Philadelphia is loaded. You know, can they resign some of their key guys? You know, will Jason Kelsey retire? And I think for Kansas City, it's going to be all right. We drafted really young on defense. Can we keep this nucleus together? Willie Gay, Nick Bolton, two young linebackers that can run. You know, Frank Clark's a good pass rusher. Chris Jones, they've extended, but. Um, that's going to be their challenge as well. Andy Reid against Nick Sirianni here. Obviously, Reid didn't retain Sirianni in Kansas City for reasons that have been talked about throughout the week. How do you kind of handicap the coaching matchup here? You know, I can give the advantage, obviously, to uh, Kansas City with the experience. Nick Sirianni's done a really, really good job. Um, but Andy Reid's been there before, and I do think experience matters. Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN here on KDOS AM 1060 in the extra point. From a front office perspective, we kind of uh, talk about it publicly like a, a window of time. Do front offices view it that way as well? And if they do, what's the Eagles window? Yeah, I you know, as long as Jalen Hurts is there, they're going to have a chance. Um, but they have a lot of older guys that are contributing. Um, again, Indomitian Sue, Linville Joseph, Gardner Johnson is going to be a free agent. You know, um, Bradbury's had trouble staying healthy, so Kelsey could retire. Lane Johnson's been hurt, so their their window will be open. But um, this is a big opportunity for them, just because the quarterback's still on a rookie deal. Looking ahead to Sunday, uh, Eagles offense versus Chiefs defense. Chiefs offense versus Eagles defense. How would you handicap those matchups? What are maybe a couple of keys for you in those uh, in those uh, in those particular matchups? Yeah, I would say that here's a remarkable uh, stat, guys. So in the entire season, Jalen Hurts has thrown the ball 22 times in the second half where he didn't have the lead, which is really remarkable in the whole season. So the question is, can Kansas City get the lead and make Jalen Hurts throw the ball from the pocket? Not saying that he can't, but he hasn't been asked to do that. So that will be a really interesting thing. And then on the other side, can the tackles Brown and Wiley hold up against a really good eagle pass rush i think those are gonna be the keys to the game for the chiefs uh having to rely on so many rookies does that kind of change your perception of just what patrick mahomes has had to do this year i think patrick mahomes is the definition of greatness because he has made those around him better and going back to Kyler murray he's going to have to do the same so it wasn't perfect from day one and even the running back position has sort of evolved with pacheco you know with Edwards and Lair getting hurt. You know, Noah Gray has played a lot. They play a lot of two tight ends, um, but still Patrick Mahomes. So no Tyree Kill, and they haven't missed a beat. Mike, last one for me. Appreciate your time. Uh, special teams. Does either team have an edge here? Yeah, I think Kansas City has a little bit of an edge. Um, you know, just from a standpoint of uh, Sky Moore has made some plays. Harrison Bucker is a great kicker. Um, and I was listening to Sean Payton last night, guys. And that could be the difference in the game. You know, it could be a turnover. It could be a play on special teams. And finally, before we let you go here, echoing what Bob said, thank you for the time. Uh, who wins? 
I have Philadelphia 31-28, but I could be talked into Kansas City winning 31-28. to So it's the least convicted uh, you know, prediction I could possibly give. You know, that seems to be kind of like a consensus here. A lot of people not sure how it's going to go. But, Mike, we really appreciate you taking some time with us. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Once again, he is thank Mike you. Tannenbaum with ESPN. Uh, and thank you so much for the time. Bob, as we uh, continue on in the segment here and just kind of listening to some of the things that Mike had to say there, interesting what he had to say about the window of time. And certainly that is Mm -hmm. going to be something for the Eagles here because he pointed out all of the key, you know, what we talk about as being their strength, the offensive line and the defensive line. uh, Those are some of the most veteran positions uh, that and players that are on those uh, on the field. Absolutely. Yeah, and they have, you know, they've got a, more than a handful of guys who were, you know, on the team five seasons ago when they won the Super Bowl. So, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's a pretty big, you know, holdover for, you know, half a decade. Uh, so, obviously, there's some experience there. And, uh, you know, there, you've heard me talk literally since we did our preseason preview on the Eagles back in July or early August about how I thought then. They had the best combination of offensive and defensive lines in the league. And, you know, some of those guys are not exactly youngsters. <laughs> and uh, as Mike mentioned there, a couple guys have been nicked up too. And obviously there's a lot, the, plenty of talk about Kelsey possibly retiring after this game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and another point here that Mike Tannenbaum uh, brought up, and I actually was writing it down as he was talking, Jalen Hurts just thrown the ball 22 times yeah. in the second half without the lead. So uh, we knew how good statistics absolutely make sense in terms of uh, you know how great they are in the first half, especially their second quarter numbers, how they really just kind of take the air out of you and to get you out of what you want to do. But the fact that they have been able to do that so much this season that it comes down to just 22 times in the second half, that's unbelievable. Well, I'll kind of of piggyback off of Mike's numbers there. For the first three quarters in games this season, the Eagles are 10th in the league in passing yards and passing attempts. In the fourth quarter, they have the highest run percentage in the league because they have the lead more than anybody else in the NFL. You know, another thing that he mentioned here and kind of shifting away from the Super Bowl teams, but bringing it here locally with the Cardinals, uh, every person that we have talked to and addressed the situation with Kyler Murray, at the end of the day, everyone has said something similar to the point that it comes down to him. It comes down to him wanting to listen to people suggesting to him that his way is not the best way. And that if there's this many people kind of all with that same opinion, that you kind of have to change. Absolutely. And I don't think there's any question that, you know, the uh, the clause that was originally in the contract extension about the study uh, study hall or whatever, <laughs> however we were kind of phrasing that back in you know, July and August, uh, that's uh, certainly uh, out there around the league, no question. And, uh, you, know, you know, as we mentioned, when all that uh, happened during that whole week when we found out about that provision, which was eventually taken out of the contract and all that, is that, you know, somebody had leaked that story. And I think it's you know, pretty self, uh, pretty, pretty obvious and, you know, more than obvious that you know there's an agent that leaked that story to somebody in the media and uh, you know because they're trying to get that kind of contract for their own player 
You know, and, and I also think about, too, I, I want to say it was Mike Silver who had written this, uh, that he had an unnamed source within the organization, a veteran player that was quoted as saying as soon as he got that uh, contract, it created a monster. Yeah, I don't know if the monster, I think you make a case the monster might have been created before that contract, but uh, I can see both sides of the story there. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so once again, we have had conversations so far with Sam Ponder, Mike Tannenbaum. Uh, we'll have a conversation with Craig Carton, FanDuel Responsible Gaming on the other side of the break. Still to come in today's Extra Point, Dick, Dick Butkus, Lewis Riddick, Sam Acho, Dr. Michael Gervais, and Ian Wharton as well. Friday spread, always brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. The weekend special, 45-day dry-age choice tomahawk rib steak at $24.99 a pound. Von Hansen's own Philly cheesesteak brats at $5.99 a pound. And Jumbo Fresh all-natural party-style chicken wings at $4.99 a pound. The $100 gift certificate is still available in today's Extra Point. That's coming up a little bit later on in the program. It is the Extra Point. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortellaro live from Super Bowl Radio Row here on this Friday, February 10th. Welcome back to Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. And as always, you can follow us online at KDOS1060.com. As you know, Bob and I, we're big fans of FanDuel and have a lot of respect for what they do. And part of what they're doing is making sure that there is a responsible gaming component. We're joined right now on the KDOS hotline by Craig Carton, who is the FanDuel Responsible Gaming Representative. Craig, thank you so much for taking some time with us. Of course, I appreciate it. talking to you guys on the eve of Super Bowl 57. All good. Absolutely. Well, here we go. So FanDuel wants to make sure that sports fans are enjoying gaming responsibly. So why did you decide to partner with FanDuel in this context? Yeah, it's a good question. I did it because, uh, you know, I've lived the life, unfortunately, of a compulsive gambler. So when I speak about responsible gambling, I'm not just the guy on the radio or TV, you know, paying lip service to it. I lived it. It uh, cost me everything I had built in my entire life, you know, relationships, um, finances, job, the entire thing. And I have a second, you know, kind of life here in the media on radio and TV, and I have this great platform to tell my story. And my hope is that in telling my story, I make people at least consider the tools that are available to them to protect themselves from themselves in the world of gambling before they may go down a road that they find too tough to recover from. So I'm really sharing my story in conjunction with FanDuel's goal to make sure that all of their customers and users are responsible and recreational and enjoying the ability to wager on events and casino games without going into a bad place, because I did. Speaking here with Craig Carton, FanDuel Responsible Gaming Representative on KDOS AM 1060. So uh, oftentimes maybe we, we kind of think that we have things under control or we can stop at any time. Uh, but maybe what are some signs about playing too much, chasing some bets, and, and what should family members or friends be on the lookout for? Yeah, well, one of the biggest thing is the socialization. You know, compulsive gamblers typically gamble alone and don't want to be in the group. You know, they're not smiling and laughing and having a good time. They're placing wagers privately. They're hiding in bathrooms at, you know, cocktail parties. They're in the corner on their phone and, 
you can see just socially they're different. You know, uh, as, as a compulsive gambler, I can speak to that, where, you know, the want to and need to gamble and, and process money and wagers becomes all-consuming. You know, gambling at its heart is a social, fun activity. And when you see people in your world, loved ones or friends, that are not exhibiting that kind of fun social behavior, it doesn't mean necessarily they've got a problem. It just means you should ask them what's going on. Because you know, if there is something going on and you can address it early enough, like any addiction, you know, there's a good chance that you can get people help and have a conversation again before they go down a road uh, that's a road they can't recover from. You know, a lot of the things like you just mentioned, uh, don't chase. You know, I say this all the time, be smart, don't chase. That you are going to lose a lot of the bets you make. And let me be very clear. You are going to lose the majority of wages you make. Doesn't mean you're not going to have a good weekend or even a good month. But the more you gamble, the more you're going to experience losing. And when you experience losing, how you react to that becomes very important. Do you lose on a Sunday and let it go until the next weekend? Or do you try to find a West Coast college game or a Monday night football game to try to get your money back? Things like that are people that are exhibiting potential behavior that I worry about. And the young men and women that I counsel who are maybe gambling for the first time or experiencing those types of things are the types of signs that we want to make your audience aware of. You know, gambling at its heart is not negative. It's not bad. It's not back alley nonsense. It's very mainstream now. Kids are having the conversation conversation all day now. Gambling is right in front of our faces every day. And we just want to make sure through FanDuel that you know that there are tools and steps you can take to protect you from making bad decisions or emotional decisions. Nobody likes losing. So if you lose and you're all ticked off and emotional about it, there's a chance you might make an irrational decision on throwing another bet in because you want to get your money back. So they offer a number of tools, three which I like to focus on. One is time management. There's absolutely no reason to spend hours and hours a day on the FanDuel app. Go on the app, check your balance, make your wager, leave the app. If you're on that app for three, four, five hours a day, you're on it far too long, and they'll tell you the same thing. Uh, deposit limits. Uh, if you're making 50000 bucks a year, you have no business putting $5,000 into your account. You'll be aware of how much money you're putting into the account because to keep it as real as possible, if you put money in your account, you're most likely at some point going to risk it. And then the third one that I like a lot that they've put into play is wager limits, regardless of how much money you have in there. Let's say you have the biggest win of all time and it's more money than you've ever seen in your life. You can still control what your max bet is. And you do these things in advance. So you can limit yourself, time management. All right, I'm not going to spend more than a half hour a day. Bang, you can't. I'm never going to wager more than X amount of dollars a game. Bang, you can't. And I'm never going to be able to deposit more than X amount of dollars. And if you just take those three simple steps, uh, going into especially Sunday where far more people wager on Sunday than wager at any other point of the year. And for a lot of people, it might be their one and only wager of the year. Putting those little protective you know, plans in place uh, can assure that you will not make bad decisions because you won't be allowed to make an emotional decision. 
That's the voice there of Craig Carton, FanDuel responsible gaming representative here on KDOS AM 1060. FanDuel is definitely wanting to, you to understand all of these different components in terms of the responsible gaming, but obviously betting is supposed to be about a form of entertainment, and certainly they're doing some really fun things with that. With the Super Bowl, the kick of destiny, uh, they also have a responsible gaming component around that uh, with some trading cards that are being handed out all over Phoenix featuring Rob Garankowski and reminding fans about the tools they can use to play responsibly. Responsibly, But if you could just speak on, you know, how it really can be just a form of entertainment and the joys that are in sports wagering, but in a responsible way. Yeah, like you're not wagering as your job, right? It's entertainment. You're you're going to watch a game tonight, tomorrow, Sunday, of course, and you almost make it like a pay-per-view. Like how much would you be willing to, to spend on taking a husband, a boyfriend, uh, you know, a buddy, a girlfriend, you know, to a, to a play, to a movie, out for dinner and drinks? You know, gambling should kind of be viewed the same way where for the next three hours I'm going to watch a ball game and those three hours – you know what? I would spend a hundred bucks on a movie and dinner. So that's how I'm going to view my gambling. It's a social activity. If I lose, I can accept the loss and move on. And if I win, great. You know, take some of that money out, put it in the bank. You know, for uh, Christmas later this year, for a birthday present, or for a dinner, or whatever it may be. Um, but that's the way gambling should be. You know, for too many people, gambling becomes a chore. It becomes, oh, I'm going to make money. I'm going to pay my rent. I'm going to get my mortgage. You're not. Uh, Just to keep it as real as possible, you are not. You know, the chickens in my backyard are just as good at picking games as anybody. So if you like a game, if you have a good feeling about a game, great. Go ahead and bet it. If you win, fantastic. If you lose, you know, don't, don't, don't make a bad decision by chasing your hard-earned money. You know, and never borrow money to gamble. If you can't afford to make the bet, don't make the bet. And when it's all said and done, you know, sports is fun. You know, having a couple bucks on it might make it even more fun for you as long as it's responsible. And if you find yourself, you know, becoming a bit more of a loner or spending more time of your day thinking about the game tonight from a gambling standpoint as opposed to your love of a local team, these are just little signs that make, should give you caution and pause and make you consider backing up. You know, you talk about Gronk, you know, they're doing, you know, the big promotion, you know, can Gronk kick a real field goal during the Super Bowl? And one of the great parts of this is that, you know, it would seem counterintuitive to the FanDuel business, you know, to drive people away from gambling, but they take it so seriously. They don't want their customers, you know, having a problem. They don't want to get a panicked phone call from a loved one saying, my husband lost all his money, what's going on? They want people to do it responsibly. They're happy when you win. Winning's part of it. Uh, and one of the great things they did with Gronk, like you said, they're handing out 10,000 RG for RG playing cards. And on the back of the card are these tools I've been talking about. And without being too preachy or sanctimonious, I would just say, take it from me. Uh, I'm the example of somebody who thought he knew what he, was, what he was doing, knew all the things to avoid, and I got caught up in the addiction of gambling. I went down a very bad path, and that path is not fun, it's not pleasant, it's very tough on family members and loved ones. So to the best of your ability, make it recreational, keep it responsible, and if at any point you have a feeling that you're going in the wrong way or you have a loved one that you see acting differently, you know, just ask the question. The conversation alone usually will get somebody to recognize that there's something going on that they need to talk about.
Craig, as we wrap up this conversation here, appreciate the time. Uh, obviously, responsibly looking at Super Bowl 57, do you have a side? Do you have a total? Well, I hate Philadelphia and everything about it, other than meeting my wife there and uh, marrying into a Philadelphia sports family. But I would say that.